0: Love, Talk Radio. Listen, for those of you that are going through, for those of us that are waiting on His promise, understand God has not forgotten you. When times get tough, you've got to look up to heaven and encourage yourself and say, shall be just like storm.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner.
2: And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson.
1: i tell you what, today has been a beautiful, beautiful day. And tonight we have a powerful, powerful show. We have a powerful guest coming on. And Brian, uh, I think we're going to have a good show tonight. Uh, Men versus relationships. How yes, many sir. Yes, sir. So, you know, how many women do you know would love to know the inner thoughts of a man?
2: <laughs> you know, it's funny because I was telling some people today about the show and what the topic was, and they were like, hmm, speak to me. <laughs>
1: well, I, you know what? I think they're going to be surprised. I think they're going to be shocked because. Well, we're going to discuss some things. We're going to go over some things, and uh, some women they may not agree with, but it's just something that needs to be said. We're going to talk about some things, Brian, that a lot of men probably wouldn't fess up to, or they wouldn't say it out in the public, or they wouldn't want anybody to know. Because as little boys, Brian, you all, we all know that boys are not supposed to cry. have this tough uncle, you got somebody in your family that told you that you have to be a man, suck it up and be a man. And because of that, you can't express yourself. And even if you do express yourself, it's like, it's almost like you're showing the world how weak you are.
2: Absolutely. You know, Greg... I think it's important, we've been doing this for quite a while now, ever since the devastation in Haiti. We want to remind people, as I've been doing every show, to, you know, make sure that you support the nation of Haiti in whatever form or fashion you choose to do so, whether it be through your church or your mission or through, um, I know we, we do a lot of different ways. I do mine through text and through my church, actually, uh, but whatever means you can do through your prayers through your financial giving, whether you go and you help support people who have been displaced because of Haiti and they're in the States, however you may be able to help, you know, do something, because this is now hurricane season, and in addition to the devastation from the earthquake, now they have the risk of flooding from, you know, if a major hurricane were to come through that area that's already been devastated by earthquake and then begin to pour rain and floods, you know, it's just it just makes a bad situation worse. You know, so they need your thoughts and prayers and they need your financial support. Okay. But you know, Greg, to get back to what you were saying, you're absolutely right, you know. Um I can recall as a youth where, you know, the older men in my family said, You gotta be hard. You can't be no punk. You can't cry. Don't don't let nobody ever see you cry. You know, I remember that word being said all the time. And, you know, as I got older, I found it difficult to have, you know, certain emotions, if you know what I mean. It's like when things would happen, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't let nobody see me get upset. I would wait. You know, if I had to cry about something, you won't see me cry. I would go back in the back or somewhere where I'm away from everybody to express my emotions. You know, because I didn't want to be perceived as being soft or weak. Well, as I got older I found that there was nothing wrong with me expressing my emotions. It was just that you had this backward way of thinking. You know. And um our guest tonight, when he gets on, he'll tell you about that that whole thing. He calls it stinking thinking. I
1: tell you what, Brian, I'm I'm excited. I'm uh you know, we know the pastor's going through. I think they're just moving their church. They have a new church, and they're doing wonderful things. And, you know, you spoke with him on last night, and uh, we've had him on the show before, and I can tell you what, it's, it's, it's Dr. A, is a very well-spoken young man. He's into the Word. He knows that Word. And to be honest, Brian, he doesn't hold back.
2: No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't hold back. And uh, if you're wondering who we're talking about, we're talking about Dr. Donald Morton. And, you know, a powerful speaker. He is the pastor of Rima Word Ministries. And I just tell you, I mean, he's doing some dynamic things. And they're actually in the process of moving into their new church. So that is probably why he's not on the call with us as of yet and i'm in the process now of trying to get in contact with him cuz i'm hoping that you know nothing happened where he couldn't get on, where he couldn't come on with us tonight because he wants to share with us a powerful word about men and the way that they deal with relationships.
1: Hmm. relationships wow and you, you see so many people breaking up you see so many divorces you see so many things going on right now and, Brian, I really believe that communication is key. Not the way that the woman thinks that communication is. Not the way that the man thinks communication is. But having God in the relationship and having the, the principles of, of, of Jesus in your relationship, that's the communication I'm talking about. All this other stuff you do, Getting angry because he he's not doing this, or he's getting angry because she's not doing it—that's foolish. Brian, I call that foolish. We get past some things, but some things we hold on to. Uh, Brian, you have heard of the the bread wrapping uh, syndrome, where someone forgets to put the wrap the bread back up—the little ties that go with the bread—and and <laughs> there it goes. It goes Somebody's either going to jail or they're going out to the courthouse for divorce, and that's really not the reason. There's
3: something
2: else in there. Absolutely, I agree. You know, a lot of times it's just that one little bit of miscommunication. You know, maybe it's just that you never had to wrap up the bread when you were young, or, you know, maybe it was just you forgot this time. You know, maybe it's something that you don't even think about. It's not really important. Mm -hmm. You know, but, you know, what happens is, you get into those situations and these old, you know, wounds that may have been caused by somebody else begin to get opened up, you know, and it may not be that man's intention, you know, but be, it was basically a miscommunication that caused it.
1: Mm, i tell you, it can happen. It can happen. It happens all the time. And, you know, and and, and it's not just one-sided. We're not just saying that the men do it We're not just saying that the women do it But it's a a thing that happens And we have to guard that Because if you give the enemy one hint He's going to step in there And do everything that he can To destroy that relationship Because he knows how powerful When that man and that woman becomes one That's a powerful thing
2: Absolutely, you know, and, and you know, that's his job. So, I mean, you can't really get mad at him. He's just doing his job. You know, what you do is you don't allow him to get paid off of you, <laughs> you know, so to speak.
1: Right, and that's true. You know, we, and and another thing, Brian, with the finances in the relationships, that causes a lot of heartache. That causes a lot of divorces the financial, the finances that's going on inside that home. That caused a lot of problems. Maybe he's not making enough, or maybe she's not making enough. And maybe there's just spending going on, and no one's being responsible with the funds that are coming in the house. But yet still, buying finances is a really, really big issue. And I have to sit down to the table And talk a lot of these things out And Brian you know a lot of men feel I've, I've heard them talk And I've listened to the guys in the gym And I listen to what they say I'm not turning over my check to this woman Because she's going to do nothing but it. I, I want to be in control of my money I don't want my money just going all over the place And in her hands And she's going out to eat And, and who knows what she's doing with my money I'm like oh my goodness and, Brian, I know <laughs> you've heard some people say things
2: similar. Oh, yes, I have. I mean, and, and the funny thing is that, again, is a miscommunication, you know. Now, if you've expressed this, and, and, and you know, you got to be careful the way you express it because you can't just come and say, well, you can't go spend my money because right. that's going to come off as if you're trying to be, you know, controlling or, Authoritative, and you know, that's, that shouldn't be the plan. It should be something that you both decide together how to do this or how it's done. You know, and again, it may be that maybe you aren't that financial, financially savvy, or maybe the other partner is not that financially savvy. You know, but again, you have to communicate these things. You can't just go off and say, don't spend this, don't spend that. You know, and you know, and, and I'm gonna say this, and this may sound a little chauvinistic, but Women believe that they know how to best spend the money, and men oh, Lord, believe that they know how to best spend the money. So it's like you have these differences of opinion, and you haven't come together to decide this is what we're going to do, and one person thinks they're right, the other person thinks they're right. Nobody's wrong in this situation. It's just a difference of opinion. You know, But that's not how it's perceived. It's perceived that you think you know everything. And you know, and again it may be that, that that person, you know, the man might decide that hey, I make more money than she does, I should make I should make the decision. Or the woman might say, I make more money than he does, I should make the decision. And I think that's that's the biggest thing in finance. You know, and great now that I think about it, and again we're still trying to get in contact with um Pastor Morton, we apologize to you all because we were sure hoping that he would be available tonight. But I can tell you that he—they are in the process of moving their church, so you know, he, you know he may not be able to come on tonight. We're hoping that he—he will call in, you know. But great another thing that came to mind is that you may have a situation where that person does make the most money, and they feel as though if they give control over that money, that they have lost the power. You know you know what I mean by that? When I say they've lost that power, they've lost that, that controlling piece of the relationship. Well, you know, uh, because money is a factor. I mean, in any relationship, I, I always used to hear them say, romance without finance is a nuisance. <laughs> you know, but the reality is that you have to talk, through these things. And again, men aren't that, I would say not every man, but most men, they're not that How do I want to say this, Greg? They're not going to go and communicate every little thing the way that a woman would want them to. Men are just going to say what they're going to say and they're going to be done with it. You know, women want they want deeper explanations than we're willing to offer.
1: Well, that's true. That's true. I, I I think I think that we both we don't think the same way. And because I don't think like you, don't come down hard on me and, and and vice versa, because you don't think like me, I'm not gonna come down hard on you. I think we all need to understand that we're all on the same team. That's God's team. Not my team, not your team, but we're on God's team. And once we realize and understand that God is the one that put us together, but once we realize that he's the one that put us together, he knows what he's doing. We need to follow him. And this losing control thing, I think that's overrated with a lot of men because a lot of men feel like they can rule their household with an iron fist. And that's not what he meant by you being that kid. That's not what he meant oh, she's going to do what I say, and and if she doesn't do what I say, I'm going to do this, and it's already doomed. Because if a person says something like that, they're just waiting for that to happen so that they can react. You're setting yourself up. Why are you even thinking like that?
2: Thinking, thinking.
1: Yes, your thoughts should be positive. Always, well, positive things, not they don't always happen. That's okay if positive things don't happen. Somebody's got to be the calm one. And you may not be the calm one at all times. But to balance each other out, somebody has to give something to get something. To, to Someone has to be calm in that relationship, Brian, at, at whatever time of day or whatever time of night, whatever's going on somebody should always be watching that other person's back because guess what? The enemy will get in a spouse and cause problems in that household.
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, and and you know, the thing about that is that, you know, so many times you have folks that don't realize when that enemy is in the house. You know, they don't have a clue. They don't have a any idea that he's there because all he's going to do is what my, what my parents say, said, he's going to put a little bug in your ear,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and that little bug gets annoying, you know, and what happens is once that little bug is in there, you want him out of there, you know, you want that. So you're going to, you're going to blurt out whatever, whatever's on your mind. You know, if it's something that's bugging you, It may be completely unrelated to the problems that are are going on, but you're going to let it be known, this is a problem, we need to have this fixed. And you may not always do that in a way that is, you know, what I consider kosher. Mm. You know, it's almost like letting letting the pot boil, you know, and then you stick your hand in it. I
1: know exactly what you're saying. But, uh, you know, when we deal with our the young men that are getting married and they're talking about getting married, talk with them. If you know people in your church, people in your community that are young and you know that they give you a wedding invitation, sit down and talk with them. And don't sugarcoat yeah. anything. Say, oh, it's going to be peaches and cream and it's going to be this. It's, oh, it's going to be so lovely and beautiful. Okay. Don't lie to them. It, it, no, not hard. at
2: all.
1: It, it's hard. And you know how people usually stand up at weddings at the end and they give this nice speech. And you can understand why. You, you know, you, you really yeah. can understand why they're doing that. You don't want anybody to get up there and say, Oh, she's gonna change and she's gonna be <laughs> she's gonna be this <laughs> and oh, he's gonna be bad. he's gonna do this, he's not gonna do what you say and it's just gonna be you know, you don't want to do that. That's not the, the proper place. To be. Let's that's hope right. that
2: doesn't happen at weddings. No. <laughs> I'm
1: sure. I'm sure somewhere Brian has happened. It, I'm sure it has happened somewhere. Oh yeah. But I think men need to talk to one another. Godly men. Yes. Godly and need to
3: talk.
2: And you me. know that's the key, Greg. That is the key, right? You said it. Because what happens is when you get somebody that's ungodly in your business in your relationship you know especially something as as sacred as your relationship with another person you know whether it be marriage whether it be friendship you get somebody ungodly in that situation and they're giving you advice man you know and sadly that's what we do you know i won't i won't say all men do that but i'll say most men what they do is they look from for advice from their friends you know, and what they don't realize is most of their friends are in the same boat that they're in. You know, what you want to do is look to somebody who's impartial. Look to somebody who has that knowledge, that wisdom, that's not out for any personal gain. You know, I mean, when I look at some friends, some friends don't want you with the girlfriend because then they can't, you know, have you for themselves, if you know what I mean. You know, they they want to be able to go hang out and have fun, and maybe you're the party guy. You know, maybe you're the fun guy in the group and they don't want you not being there, you know. They're used to you having you know, it's used to you being there and, and having fun. So what they'll do is they'll come up with every way, shape, and form of getting you back in the swing of things. You know, and it and you may not even see it, you may not even know that's what they're trying to do, but that's what they're doing. You know, and then you're stuck because Now you're wondering, well, what happened? My relationship just failed. And your buddy is saying, oh, man, don't worry about it. Let's go hang out. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, even your closest friends at times have ulterior motives. They don't want to lose you as a friend. And they may feel like they're going to lose you as a friend. You know? My buddy's going to hang out, you know, not going to hang out with me anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? And, you know, as a man, you may not want that type of relationship, you know, I'll say it like this. You have to build strong, lasting relationships that mean something. As a man, you know, if you need a drinking buddy, that's a dime dozen, you know. But that it's going to come a time when you don't want to drink anymore, and that should be soon, <laughs> you know. There's going to come a time when you don't want to hang out and do those type of things. And if those are the friends that you have, you're going to have pretty much nothing to do. You know, you have to establish lasting, meaningful relationships with people who are going places and doing yeah. things, you know, and doing things other than, hey, let's go smash some beer cans on our head and, hey, let's go look at the the young ladies in the nightclub. You know, I mean, that stuff is superficial. Uh-huh. You know, you want to have, you want to build deep, meaningful relationships with people.
1: And the same with women. Same Absolutely. With women same principles you said about the men, the same with the women. I think women need to stop running to their friends with all their problems. They need to drop on their knees because it's an inside issue. A lot of things that happen in households, if and I'm not saying that the man is not going to go out and talk to one of his friends about something that he's going through, but it happens with women just as well as men. I'm not taking any sides. I'm just saying that this is some of the things that that happens that need to stop. Especially, especially the the deep stuff. Um, if a woman suspects that her husband is cheating on her, she feels that she wants to confide into some, you know, confide to one of her friends. Be careful. Be careful. You know if that information is going to come back or not. You know if she's going to tell somebody. You already know that. Don't say, oh, it was a yeah. surprise. You know what you're dealing with before you you told them your, your issues or your situation. Because if you feel that it's going to get out, it's going to get out.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: It's going to get out. And then it's going to cause problems. It's going to cause shame. It's going to be embarrassing. And now you're angry.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Now there's, now Now there's a problem on top of a problem that was at one point a problem. Right. So I'll yeah, the I
2: absolutely, you know, one, race, one relationship we haven't really uh touched on yet and I and I definitely want to talk about this because this is one that is, you know, sort of important to me. I know it's important to you as well, Greg, and it's important to a lot of men. And that's the relationship that we have with our children. You know, I think in this generation there's been a huge misconception that men don't have meaningful relationships with their children. You know, and we understand that, you know, once kids get into puberty and their relationships are redefined and, you know, at point they may not like their parents and they think their parents are the worst thing in the world. But I think it's important that men build strong ties with their children early in life because the earlier you build that tie with them the harder it is for them to sever it as they get older you know because they understand that you know when they get older they're going to be looking for a man like their father Mm -hmm. you know if their father has been any type of you know had been meaningful in their life they're going to be looking for a man like their father you know, consequently, they'll also be looking for a man that's similar to their father. If the father hasn't been there, because they're going to be looking for just any man, any man that sort of resembles a man. You know, and if that father hasn't been there, then they don't they don't have a, a clear definition of what a man is.
3: You know, or what
2: a father what a father should be. Right. So when they're looking for at, I'm sorry?
1: Yeah, you and I both spoke at a church this week.
2: Mhm.
1: You went on Monday and I went on Tuesday. And yes, sir. Both of we we dealt with the kids and we talked about issues with parents and parents not listening to them. And the number one thing that I got back from the kids, from the little girls, the boys didn't say much when you were talking about this the issues as far as communication that's not an issue with boys. Um, they feel that well, there is an issue. The issue is they feel like they're being disrespected by their moms. That that was number one, and number and, and for the girls, that number one thing was they don't have a leg to stand on. The mom don't want to hear it when they want to sit down and talk. That they don't want to hear that. And and if they say, well, okay, well we can talk, it's one sided, and they're mm-hmm. talking at the child, not with the child. And the boys said that. They felt that the moms treated them like they didn't treat them like men. And I and I wanted to tell, and I told one of the little boys, "You're not a man. You're going to be, you're growing into one. Age doesn't make you a man." And he his thing was, "I'm the man of the house." I don't know who's been telling him what And it's, it's okay to want to take care of your family if, You know if you're the man of the, If you're the son and you're the only man in the house It's okay to be You know Protective of your family But when you draw the line When you say that you're not going to be Respectful or to your to your Mom That's a problem The Bible even talks about that Being disrespectful It talks about that And not doing what you're supposed to do So there is a price to pay when you want to take on that role. So please know the role that you're getting into and what you're supposed to do instead of coming down hard on your mom because she has a life as well, Brian. And especially the women that are dating and the little boys are not accepting that man. That's a problem. That's a serious problem. So, Brian, what would you say to the mothers out there that are dating, and their son, they're not, oh, they hate the idea, they don't want them to do it, what would you tell them?
2: You know, Greg, I think what we ought to do is we ought to ask Dr. Morton that question because I am sure he has an answer for us. And with us on the call is special guest and CEO Dr. Morton, who has never been afraid to confront the spiritual and social issues plaguing our community. And as a result, he is revered as one of the most influential oracles in the urban community. His powerful, raw, and spiritual voice resonates like thunder, and his messages provoke lifelong residue to dwell in a believer's soul. Ladies and gentlemen, finally on the call with us, thank Lord (laughs) Dr. Donald Morton.
4: <laughs> hey hey guys, man. I apologize so much. I'm excited to be on on the air with you guys. how y'all so
1: we're We six. are blessed we're glad you're here i was I don't know if you heard what I was saying. I was just talking about Brian and I we just spoke with some kids this week, and you know the topic is men versus relationships and yeah. we were dealing, and I was talking with this little boy in the church, and he was telling me that his mom was dating and he didn't like the guy and and you know, and the mom said that, you know, I talked to her. I talked to both of them one on one and she said it's a problem, it's a really, really serious problem. Um and I was asking Brian, what and how should this woman deal with this issue? And now that you're on, what should she do?
4: Well, man, that that's a uh that's a very good question. Honestly, I don't think that there is a cookie cutter approach. Uh, to that particular issue, um, it it, would, it kind of begs a bunch of questions, like how old the young man is, um, you know, why he's uh, taking that certain posture with respect to his mother's dating. Is it just the gentleman that she's dating now or is it someone else, you know, or is he taking the posture with everyone that she dates? It, it's kind of those kinds of things have to be answered. But let me just kind of say this. Uh, I have learned that children grow up and children leave home, and uh, after they leave home, most times they they couldn't care less about what mom and dad are doing. They live their own lives, they do their own thing, and we're left to kind of recover our lives after they have spent a bunch of time determining which direction. We should go with in our lives. I don't think that they have as much voice as we really give them uh, or should give them. But there should be a comfort uh, in the house. And a person, uh, a brother has to be able to determine with a woman with children whether or not he is willing to hang in there with that kind of disposition. Um, And if he's not and if he can't deal with that kind of woman with children, then he should probably bounce early and not put himself and the family through that kind of turmoil. Hmm. I
1: like that. I like it. And, and that's so true. You know, and I didn't want to pry, I didn't want to say too much. I didn't want to ask too many questions because I could feel that that that, that maybe that mother and I'm not taking it aside I, I, I think it was a respect thing. Yeah, I think that it's probably the guy probably wasn't good for her, or she was doing some things in front of the son that he saw some things that he shouldn't have seen. Okay. That, okay. I, I really do believe that. And Brian, I know Brian, is just he's just been dying to talk to you, so I'm sure he's got a, got something that he wants to discuss with you.
4: Okay. Oh, you know I've had this whole thing. Right, we
1: um, can barely hear
0: you, Brian. I'm sorry.
2: Hold on. Ah, is that better? Yes. Okay, awesome, awesome. You know, I've had this whole thing on my mind about this men versus relationships since we talked last month and scheduled the show, and it's been like, what would be the first question I could ask you? And it came to me today, actually, you know, because I had been pondering, well, what am I going to say first? What am I going to say first? You know, I was speaking with a person, and um, I I try to tell as many people as I can about the show, and I was talking with a lady today, and when I said, "Yeah, we're gonna have a show tonight, and it's gonna be men versus relationships," and she's like, "Hmm, okay," she said, "Speak to me," you know, yes. and in so many words, that's basically she was like, hmm, "Speak to me," and that's one of the things that that men don't realize. That's what women want them to do, you know. And I would ask you, do you agree that that women need more communication from men
4: i uh again very good question i do uh but more importantly i believe that men um are great communicators uh we just don't communicate the way that women communicate it becomes what's amazing to me is oftentimes uh we we are um honest, and very forthright about the scripture that says that, you know, men ought to dwell with their wives according to knowledge. Husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge. But we never ask women to do the same. Consequently, what happens is women are looking for communication, but they're looking for communication the way they communicate. Men are wonderful communicators. We just do it in a way that is different than ladies communicate. Uh, most ladies think that men aren't emotional. Uh, and any woman who says that has never uh, seen a man's favorite team lose. And they'll find out that men are extremely emotional. Uh, when the Lakers, uh, one of my elders is a Boston Celtics fan. And uh, uh, when they lost, he expected them to lose, but it still crushed his feelings. I love that kind of stuff. understand? <laughs> so I think I think that at the end of the day, uh, women have to be as savvy at finding out how men operate, as we have been forced to find out how they operate. And when that happens, they will listen for signs and signals and communications that we are emitting all the time, just not the way that they uh, admit theirs. And consequently, when they look for communication the way that they communicate, they'll always be disappointed. Now, what's ironic is I communicate the way that women communicate, but I do it for a living. Most brothers don't. And so ladies are frustrated with their men because they are consistently looking for something that most men just can't give. Uh, we are talking, uh, but we're talking more in a demonstrative way than we are in a verbal kind of way. Hmm. And that's
2: That's true. good stuff, Pastor. <laughs> that is good stuff.
3: <laughs> that's
1: true. See, you know what? what, what a, a lot of women, they, they expect, and we're not bashing women, but we're just saying it from our perspective, A lot of women women want you to communicate the way that they want you to communicate and when they want you to do it. So so when a man goes to a woman and says, we need to talk, about what? Right. You know, it's like it's catching them off guard. Right. And, 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 And also, for some reason, I don't know what it is, some women just feel that they're never wrong. Unless right. they're addressing the issue. If, if it's not an issue that they brought to the table, then I don't see anything wrong with it. Right. And and then, I, I, yeah, go ahead, brother. I'm sorry.
4: I, I definitely agree with that. And um you, you know, I think I think there has to be a a very um, committed responsibility on both parts because I think uh, that brothers have a responsibility to um, to give the love language that a sister requires from him. Uh, but, but it seems to me, and I don't know whether you guys agree, but it seems to me that we've been far more willing uh, and even demanded upon to have that kind of uh, perspective more than uh, ladies have been willing to, you know, uh, uh, kind of give us that kind of latitude. And uh, brothers are frustrated because they say, no, I'm, I'm talking to you. You know, we, we make sounds like vroom, vroom, uh, squeech, squelk. You know, we learned those kinds of communications as, uh, as young men. You know, uh, they were relational from the beginning. And so we related a different way. It's not that we are without emotion or communication. We just do it a different way. And I keep overemphasizing that to help ladies that are listening uh, into the call or into the show because it's important uh, that, that will kind of uh, lift their frustration a bit. And if they'll begin to be sensitive to brothers, um, then it's, it's a little easier uh, for us to communicate. And I, I want to say this, too. Uh, The other problem with communication with men and expressing ourselves is that oftentimes men, when they do, when we finally get around to sharing and communicating the way they want us to, how they respond to us will determine whether or not we'll ever do it again. And if we share with you and then you use what we share against us, we'll never do it again.
3: That's right.
1: And you know what, let me jump in and say this. When when I think when a woman see a man at his weakest point when you see a man at his weakest point and he's confiding in you and you bring that up later That's right. And use it against him, you have problems. That's right. That that that's almost like setting a bomb off. You you'll never get that again.
4: That's right. That's right and here's here's why though the the reason is is because we are not natural at relationships we're we're not natural at that now what i what I mean by that is by the time we find a woman we can trust and then we divulge information uh that we've been holding hostage for all of that time um because we have to be so intentional about sharing for for ladies you know, uh, and and hopefully ladies don't get offended at this, but for ladies, they naturally share all their business. That's what they do. Um, But we don't do that. So when we find and identify someone we can do that with, once we find out that you're a Judas to us, which simply means that you've taken what we've shared and now you're using it to my detriment, not only are you going to damage the relationship that I have with you, But every future relationship that I invest myself in, in the back of my mind, I will always question whether or not this person can handle what I call my truth. Because every friend has to be able to handle my truth, and that is the truth about who I really am. Not the church truth, not the deacon truth, not the elder truth, not the big brother truth, the truth about who I really am. Because most men are inundated with uh, their role more than they are about who they really are. Uh, we are defined by our roles. Guys, I, I want to share something with the audience that is very intimate with me, and, and I'm not even sure you guys know, so it's the first time that I've shared it on the air. Uh, I'm divorced now. Uh, and when I got divorced, uh, here's what I found. I found out that I did not know me. Because I had spent the last 18 years being a husband, and a very good one. One of the things I asked my ex-wife before, days before uh, we got divorced was whether or not I had done the level best that I could with her. She said to me, you were an excellent husband to me. I just never wanted to be married. Okay. So now here's the deal. Uh, Because I had given my all to that intentionally, because I had given my all as a husband for 18 years, my all to my children as a father, when all of that is removed and you no longer have the role and you're stripped away of all of the roles that define you, you don't know who you are. I'm no longer husband. So nobody's calling me husband Nobody, well, I still have my children calling me father, but even my son, my youngest son, he'll be 16 in August. After a while, he'll be at college. I'll always be his father, but he won't need me at the level that he needs me now. That goes back to the question that the young lady asked, and that is, what do I really do? And the answer is, be careful not to define your life by your children's decisions, because they won't always be there. My mother asked me uh, often, baby, just come see me. Come, come holler at me. Well, what happens? Do I not love my mother? I love my mother, but my role with her has changed. So now she's not mother to me in the way that I need her to take care of me. We're more of have a peer kind of relationship. Most people can't switch. And I'm afraid that in relationships with men, Uh, sisters who damage a brother because they mishandle the truth about him. It's difficult for him to open up, not just to her, but any future relationship. So she ends up, uh, most brothers are in a threesome and they don't know it.
1: Hmm. Explain that, my brother, explain
4: it. Here's what that means. That means that when I've invested myself in a woman, and I've intentionally given myself. Have you ever noticed that a sister can quickly recover from a hurt because they are relational? Now, they're damaged initially. They go through a bunch of things initially, but after a while, they'll love again. If you ever notice a brother, all of us on the line, we're brothers. We are so intentional and have to uh, be calculated about investing ourselves in a relationship that by the time we're in one, we've spent so much time getting in the relationship that it's hard for us to get out. So now here's what happens. When a sister is done with us, because she's relational, she can pick up another relationship. But because a brother is not that way, he ends up in another relationship later on, but he has not always gotten over the relationship he was in. So now here's what happens. I'm in a relationship with a sister. But now, uh, just because I'm in a relationship with her doesn't mean that I've completely let go of the relationship that I was in. Now, is it impossible to do? No, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, I'm in love right now with a wonderful woman. My ex-wife and I are friends, but that's all it is. We, we, nothing else going on. So I was able to detach, but most brothers who invest themselves, is difficult to detach. And they end up with a train of women that they're still involved with. Even though they're physically with one woman, there's a bunch of women in the relationship.
1: That's so true. And, Brian, real quick, Pastor, I have a young lady on Facebook who wants me to ask you a question. Okay. Uh, The question is, do you find that godly men are more open to communication than others?
3: Uh,
4: I, I don't really think so. It depends on what we determine a godly man to be. A godly man simply means um, a, a man who has a righteous stance toward life. Okay, so my righteousness doesn't have anything to do with my manhood at a certain level. We are wired a certain way. We, we, we just are. We're, we're wired a certain way. Now, again, I overemphasize the fact that I communicate well because I do it for a living. I'm gifted. God has graced me to do this, but I ain't the average brother. The average brother doesn't want to talk. As a matter of fact, when he hears his woman say, baby, we need to talk, he's ready to run. We we, we don't like talking. (laughs) You understand? There's a bunch of other things we, we would love to do, but the one thing we don't like to do is talk. Now watch this, to women. Because if you get a bunch of brothers who share common things, in a barber shop, we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk for hours. We'll wait to get a haircut for three hours because the talk is so good. Mm-hmm. But now, here's what's happening what's happening is we don't have anything to prove to one another because all of us are in the same boat. But to a lady, it's difficult, again, communication and words carry an emotion with them. And when we use them properly, uh, it can be the most wonderful thing in the world. But now if you damage us, again, if you damage us, and if something happens and, and then you say something against us that's not healthy, uh, it's difficult for us to be able to communicate. I don't think communication for a man is a godly issue. I think it's a manhood issue because whether a man is godly or is not godly. Uh, it is difficult for brothers to communicate the way ladies want us to. We're a different species of being. We're very simplistically complex. We're very simple, but we're a complex kind of brother that uh, is wired a certain way. And the quicker ladies get a hold of that, the better relationships will be.
2: I agree. I agree. You know, Pastor, it's interesting you said that the quicker they get a hold of that, do you think that women naturally assume that we should know better or that we should be able to communicate with them and that if we don't, it's because we don't want to?
4: Absolutely. 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 Um, and and I think it's unfortunate, Brian. It's, it's unfortunate because uh, no one is... I'm gonna use a word. and they scratch a little bit, but no one is training women anymore to really learn how men function. They think we—they—they they just think we burp and we scratch, you understand? And and that—that's that, the sum total of who we are. You got it. Uh, and we're so much more than that. And uh, that's why. When a sister, you bring up a wonderful point, when we don't talk, a sister thinks there's something against them. What have I done? Well, you haven't done anything. I'm just a man. I'm a different species of being. You got it? And so when we don't talk, uh, it could be for several reasons. I, I want to, on, on this coming Sunday, we have a men's day. And the name of our men's day is Nothing But the Dog in You, because there, there are some common places some similarities between men and dogs. Uh, And one of the things that I teach is that a barking dog doesn't always bark for the reasons his owner thinks he barks. That's true. A barking dog ain't always angry. Sometimes a dog barks and snaps because he's hurt. And because women never take the time to figure out why we're reacting, the way we're reacting, they're treating us for one thing, but the problem lies somewhere else. Mm. <laughs> and unless she studies a man, then she'll always make the mistake of thinking that all of, you know, they bundle all of us in one group and, you know, we're, we're one kind of man. Well, if you're angry, why are you angry? No, no, no. If, if I'm snapping at you, could it be I'm hurt? If I'm snapping, here's another reason a dog barks. Could it be that I'm trying to protect you? Wow. A dog doesn't always bark because he's angry. A dog sometimes barks when another dog is around. (laughs) Watch this. And that's why sisters have to always remember that if a brother gets upset because uh, a, a dog or another man is in her space, because a dog knows a dog, He'll bark. He's not barking because he's insecure. You you will always note that when a dog walks by another dog, he'll always bark. <laughs> in other words, he's saying, "I know more about the brother than you think I know." Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so let's, you know what? I want to switch gears real quick. Let's talk about the fighting woman. Okay. And what I mean by and what I mean by the fighting woman is the woman has been the head in the household for so long, yes. and she's. She's been the breadwinner. She's been the father. She's been everything in that household. And when that man comes and she, you know, now she's married. Yes. How can she let what she's been doing, and that's all that she knows, how can she release that and turn it over to that man? If if, If you know what I mean, I'm not saying that she should just bow down to this man. I'm saying there's a different role that she will have to take. Yes. And if she's yes. not able to do that, that's going to be a problem.
4: No doubt about it. And uh, boy, you guys are all in my business tonight. This is, this is a good show. <laughs>
3: uh,
4: I, I want to—I I don't want to sound like a preacher tonight, but I, I want to give you something. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, when Abraham is attempting to send his servant to find a wife for Isaac. Notice what the scripture says. When he gives him instruction, he says, I want you to go to this land. I want you to get a woman. And he says, the servant says, what if she won't come here? Should I take Isaac there? Abraham says, no. No, no. Don't take my son there. And then he says these words. If she won't follow, you are released from this oath. Here's what that means. Every woman who will not follow is a woman that shouldn't be married. Mm. Mm -hmm. If a woman, I'm not talking about, I'm I'm not just like Greg, I'm not talking about bowing down. I'm saying if a woman doesn't have strength enough to submit, to the godly place that a man holds and a godly place has nothing to do with economics it has nothing to do with degrees and education it has to do with the place god has set a man to be and if she can't follow first of all let me let me give some credit to women if she has a man that she can't that she can't follow then she better not get married
1: But she can change him, Pastor. She feel like she can change him, though.
4: Man, I have heard that, brother, Uh, (laughs) as many times as you have heard. And I will tell you that she will not change the brother. In other words, I've said this to every couple. I'm getting ready to marry uh, two couples in the next week. Here's what I've said to them. The person that you say I do to at the altar is the one that you've married not the one you hope him to be. And if you can't love that one, then you can't be with that one. You can't fall in love with his potential. You gonna be disappointed. Wow. So, so at the altar, you got to ask, do I? You got to flip it. Instead of saying I do, you got to ask your question at the altar. Do I? I mean him, him that's standing next to me, not the one that I see so much potential in, but the one that's actually here, the one I really know. Do I? And if you can't answer that with an absolute affirmative, then I would much rather you back away while you're at the altar than to marry someone that you can't be with. I'm going to say this to you guys. In my last counseling section with my ex-wife, you know what I found out? She said to my spiritual father, she said, I never wanted to be married. And the only one that knew was my grandfather before he walked me down the aisle. Here's, Here's the messed up thing about that. Two points. One, how hurtful it had to be How confining it had to be to pretend to be a wife knowing all the time you never wanted to be one. For 18 years, you spent time being something you didn't want to be. Number two, why didn't her grandfather tell her, before she walked that aisle, you don't have to do this. I've spent money. I got to church. He's at the altar, but you do not have to do this. That's the time to say it. If you got second doubts, you better ask, do I? Because if you don't, you're about to ruin your life and the life of someone else who could be with someone that really wants to be with them. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Wow, Pastor, you know, I, I I think that is probably one of the most compelling things I've ever heard. Wow. That a person knew and yet did nothing. And I think that's what happens in so many failed relationships. Yes, sir. That they that they know but they do nothing. Right. And and a lot of times it's it's at the auspices of saying, I don't want to hurt this person. Right. You know, and I can all I I can't I can't even imagine how you felt, and I guess you will tell us how right. you felt when you found that when you when you found out that truth.
4: Well, uh, and and I will tell you, man. I said to her, "It would have been better to hurt me that day than to hurt me for eighteen years." Yeah. Hmm. Got it. Hurt me that day. Let me down that day. But when you when you really don't want to be in something, guys, I think you guys will attest to this. When you don't want to be in something, you don't give y'all to it. Right. So hurt me that day, but she had to she had to hurt me for eighteen years. She never really engaged. She was never in the marriage. Never. And all because she never wanted to be in it in the first place. So for me, I was hurt, but I was more angry. But to be truthful, and it's not to sound super deep, I had a compassion for her. Because here's a woman who stuck in there 18 years not wanting to be married. That's got to be hell, guys. That's got to be hell. So I had compassion. I went through a plethora of emotions. I'm angry. Uh, I'm pissed off. Can I say that on the air? I'm angry. I'm, I'm sad. I got compassion. I'm happy because I was relieved that it was coming to an end. I didn't want my marriage to end. But I was relieved. I mean, what? I don't want to be with anybody that doesn't want to be with me. So I'm going through a whole range of emotions, a very wide range of emotions. Uh, I don't think that there was an emotion that I didn't touch. Oh. And now I pride myself in this one thing. Uh, I am with a woman who is a whole woman that wants to be married, a godly woman that understands what it is to be a first lady. Because it's a lot to be with me. It, it ain't it ain't easy being with somebody like me, somebody like you guys. It ain't easy. And at some point, uh, I'd like to come back on the show and, and be on time <laughs> and deal with a topic that I'm writing a book about right now, what it takes to be with a great man. Because there's differences between a woman who can be with a guy that she has to encourage all the time, maybe get off the couch, look for a job. That's a different kind of brother. But it's a different dude that you got to ask to stop working. Hmm. A, being married to a great man comes with issues, but it comes with a whole different set of issues. And that's why I believe in, we don't do it in America, but I believe in it. I believe in arranged marriages. Because in arranged marriages, they raise you from the time you're born to be with a great man. Every sorry dude is disqualified. They're not raising you for that. They're raising you for a brother who has a specific set of issues. And his issues are he can't stop working. He's always a visionary. He don't give you as much time as you need to have all the time. It's a different set of issues, different than a brother who don't have anything on his hands, so he with his woman all the time. My woman, I'm right now I'm doing construction on a church, and my lady is so super patient. This is baby, I know you've got to handle your business because she understands what it is to be with a great guy not with a guy who who ain't doing nothing. I, I got too much going on. So that's a whole other topic, but that's something we need to talk about.
2: Absolutely. And, Pastor, we are unfortunately out of time. But yes, sir. I can tell you, we are definitely going to have you on to talk about that because that
4: <laughs> needs to right, be need to heard. Pastor,
1: you need to talk with Pastor tonight and get a, a scheduled date for him to come back on. I've already had people on Facebook asking me. It wasn't long enough.
2: Wow. I know it. I know it.
1: I would love to.
2: Just in the little amount of time, we we got a lot of information there, Greg. Oh, yeah. Yes, we did. And with that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions. Thank you for joining us tonight. And, Pastor, we appreciate you coming on, and we're definitely going to have you come on again because you got some good information, bro. Oh, man, bless you
4: guys. I always enjoy hanging out with you all. Thank you for having me.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We bid you all good evening. God bless you all. See you next Wednesday, and good night.
3: Pray, pray,
0: oh Lord. I stand before you once again. I'm so glad. I've done everything I know how to do. And as usual, I end up crying out to you. I tried so hard to do my best. But I don't feel like I'll make it through this case. I can't remember. Being so much pain, and my tears keep falling like the poor rain, I try to force myself to wear a smile, but it's just not there, this pain I'm feeling deep inside my heart seems so unfair, it really feels like I won't make it through another day. Before you with a broken heart And all I can say is Precious love, please You know what I'm talking about Lord, standing here today, cause I stumbled here and there along the way. I'm praying, even as I sing this song, of. for my breakthrough, I hope it won't be too long. I try to force myself to. feel deep down inside my heart, seems so unfair, this time I feel like I will make it to another day, so I come before you with a broken heart, and all I can say, precious love, hey, would you do?